Hello and welcome. My name is Andrew and this is the Who Dat Discussion, a New Orleans Saints podcast where we talk about all Saints news, opinions, and reactions. So before we get into some Saints news, as it was a crazy week in Saints news and just a ton of moves back and forth. I mean, you picking up guys off waivers, signing people, cutting people. We'll just get all into that. And then also we're going to have a preview of the Saints Carolina Panthers game that will be fun to preview that game another kind of rivalry week this week as we go up against the Panthers Monday night but I mean looking at it if you guys enjoy this podcast and you enjoy these episodes enjoy what I'm doing I just wanted to say please follow all our accounts you can follow us on Twitter at the who that dis on Instagram at who that discussion on Podomatic at the Who Dat Discussion. And then also you could subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spotify channel, um, Google Play channel, and then also our iTunes channel at the Who Dat Discussion. On there, please like, rate us, review us, comment, all that fun stuff. It's just really, you know, nice to see everyone's comments and stuff like that. And just I want to see how I'm doing. You know, if I need to work on anything, please, you know, feel free to say something that, you know, maybe is a little off. Say it, you know, um, last episode, I know we had some technical difficulties. Um, I would have never known that we had difficulties if it wasn't for, you know, people saying that there's something wrong. So I just want to say thank you for everyone who did that. It was a quick fix, got that off, got our new episode back on, and it did really good. I mean, over a thousand views on YouTube. Just thank you for everyone who watched that episode. And if you're, you are a new um, listener on that episode, um, and you're back for this episode. Just thank you for coming on. I love the Houdat Nation. Everyone's really representing this podcast well, and really this team well. I mean, just doing a really good job sharing it, stuff like that there. But with all that said, I think we should just get right into some Saints news. And first, I mean, just a ton of news, and we're just going to go basically right down the line of the transaction log for the Saints. The Saints cut Brandon Marshall. They claimed Eric Swope. And then they then they cut Eric Swope after they felt like his physical, you know, kind of was bad, invalid, whatever you want to call it. They then signed Martez Carter, who was a star at Grambling. And then also they just signed Simi Cobbs, who was on Washington's practice squad. And then uh, we signed him off there. He was actually going to get bring up to the Washington's 53-man roster, excuse me. And then he actually chose the Saints because he felt like he was wanted somewhere else. So he's now on our team on the 53-man. And then also we signed um, offensive tackle Derek Newton, who actually tore his two patella tendons, I think, two years ago with the Houston Texans. He was a starter. So, I mean, to get him basically in free agency, we'll see what he's got. Um, he didn't didn't get cleared at the beginning of the season. So we'll see if he gets cleared now and could be a backup tackle if the Saints need him. So I think, look, having veteran depth is really helpful. Giving some young guys, uh, like, uh, opportunity like Simi Cobbs, Martez Carter. I mean, Carter, look, a running back, he's going to be on the practice squad, but still to give these guys a chance. I think that goes there by cutting Brian Marshall, because that's what I really wanted to talk about to me. I kind of agree with it, kind of don't. Depends. If Ted Ginn's ready to go in two weeks and ready for the playoffs and ready to go, I'm fine. You know, this is a good move. Brandon Marshall wasn't playing, and I understand where the Saints were going with this one. I completely understand why cutting Brandon Marshall would be advantageous because there's no need for him if you have Ginn back or Ginn coming back. So give another guy a shot that, you know, looking at um, at that time it was Eric Swope or now Simi Cobbs. 
at least maybe they'll give you something different. You know what Brandon Marshall is going to give you now. I mean, he's been practicing for a very long time for this team and still hasn't got his shots. So maybe you know, maybe Sean Payton knows that he's just not the guy. But then Sean Payton said the next day, we are open to having Marshall return if Ginn's not ready to come back. So it's to me, it's all contingency on Ginn and how Ginn's doing, but Ginn still hasn't practiced yet. And you have to go two weeks of practices before you can even you know play off IR. So to me, it's a little confusing what Sean Payton's doing here. It's a good sign because, I mean, obviously Ginn is improving, getting better, and that's what we want to see him get healthy because I think he would add a different dimension to this offense that maybe it needs, especially against some great defenses, which they would have to play throughout the playoffs or even the last couple games of the season because Carolina is not the worst defense in the league. They are definitely worse than they were in years past. They're not elite anymore, but they're still not a bad defense. So I think that's big there. But I think it just shows that – Maybe the Saints, they knew what they got out of Brandon Marshall, and it just wasn't really good enough. Bring a couple other guys in, see what they can do. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Cobbs plays in a couple weeks, week 17, because, you know, they've played all other undrafted free agents and, you know, guys with practice squads, so why not play him? I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a look in games, especially later, a little later. Probably it'll be a couple weeks before he gets in. Definitely not this week, but maybe in a couple weeks we'll see him in there. And then also I want to talk about is... Eric Swope coming in here, um, and then he got cut the next day. So it looked like he was going to be a pretty good um, signing here. Big guy, 6'5". He actually played basketball at the University of Miami, just like Jimmy Graham. So you're thinking, oh, maybe he could be like a type of Jimmy Graham player. You know, he could adjust to the ball well like Jimmy Graham was. He did that with the Colts this year, and they had a really deep group of tight ends. So I understand why they cut him, and I understand why we picked him up because maybe he could be a little better than Dan Arnold. Like I kind of see where the Saints – we're going with that. But, I mean, then they cut him the next day. Presumably it's because he failed. I mean, his physical because he is a little hurt. And the Saints don't really want an injured player, which I kind of understand. But to me, it was kind of a questionable move, picking up a tight end and then just dropping him the next day. Um, this whole week, a lot of crazy moves that happened. And, I mean, look, it's, it doesn't really matter to the game or anything. But to me, it was just, what is Sean Payton thinking? I think it all comes back to Ted Ginn. And I think it all comes back to now with the tight ends. Do we have enough depth there? This position of late has kind of looked a little sketchy. Um, ben Watson has not been the type of threat he was at the beginning of the season. We, Josh Hill, to me, has played worse in weeks prior. I mean, a couple of drop passes, not that good blocks, especially on screenplays and stuff like that. So, I mean, I see what Sean Payton was trying to do with picking up Swope. And maybe he can give you a red zone presence with his basketball background, being able to box out guys and, you know, look for passes. Maybe if he's looking for a one way, comes back another. He has the athletic ability to make a play like that and be able to um, be versatile, catch passes in different places, big wingspan, stuff like that, that maybe the other tight ends couldn't give you. Or maybe maybe even any um, other wide receivers besides Mike Thomas can give you because that obviously has been a problem in the red zone with, I mean, look, they're going to double team Mike Thomas in the red zone and then the other guys are going to have to beat him. So we've had success with Kamara in the red zone. And we, besides that though, what have we really had success with tight ends? Maybe, um, the undressed for agents, we've really had success with Keith Kirkwood. So that's really good, but that's on and off. That's not going to be, you know, you can't count on Keith Kirkwood as much as I think Keith Kirkwood's a great football player. I think he's a good wide receiver, but you can't count on him when matters most. You're going to count on Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Drew Brees, and then after that, who? And maybe you could have gave Eric Swole the chance. Maybe he wasn't healthy enough, so I kind of see where Sean Payton's coming from. But maybe 
this tight end group because it was looking good at the beginning of the season. Having Ben Watson, Josh Hill had a couple of good games, and then it kind of stopped. It kind of just got less production, less production, and less production. So maybe if we can get Ben Watson, I think we should just give him a couple more opportunities. He really doesn't get targeted that much, and I think he is a good tight end. I think he can make big plays, especially even at his age. Because in the red zone, he was good at the beginning of the year. He caught touchdowns. I caught, I believe, um, he had three or four touchdowns. That's a lot, you know. Um, it, it, so to me. You got to look at it, and I could see where the Saints were looking at the tight end spot. Maybe Dan Arnold comes back a little motivated by this and does really good because the Saints were targeting more and more. I mean, that, that's kind of the trajectory of this tight end group was looking. It looked like ten, Dan Arnold was going to take over eventually, and it just didn't happen. He was a healthy scratch last week. So, I mean, we'll just see what has to happen, but um, definitely a crazy week in Saints news. So now on to our Saints versus Carolina preview. We'll go over our notes, then our storylines, and then our group-by-group preview. So starting with some notes, the Saints have a 65.8% chance to win, according to ESPN's matchup predictor. So ESPN confident in us once again. Um, The odds makers are saying we are going to win by six, so it's minus six. Um, and just to go over some quick playoff um, magic numbers and stuff like that, the Saints' magic number for clinching a first-round bye is two. Um, clinching the first seed is three. And then also, obviously, it's zero for the division because we are the division champs. So that's obviously great stuff there. I mean, look, we could clinch the division uh, – not the division, the first-round bye, excuse me, with a win versus Carolina and then a Bears loss. So that could be – very big there. Definitely, we were rooting with the Bears last week, and now we're going to have to root against them this week. The first seed, we cannot clinch this week. If the Rams lose to the Eagles, that would be a big step in the right direction for us because then our magic number would be down to two, and we would only have to win two more games, and then we could really clinch it at the end of Week 16 and potentially not even play our starters at Week 17, which that really gives us two weeks off, which is a ton of time, and I think that's I think the best option for the Saints if we can – have the Eagles lose one more game. Not the Eagles, excuse me. The Rams lose one more game, but I just don't see that happening. I think the Rams will get the win. I think we're probably going to have to win out. But looking at it, that would be really nice if the Eagles can pull one out with Nick Foles. Maybe he can have more of his magic as he did in the last playoffs in 2017 season. He obviously did really good last year, so maybe he can bring more of his magic there. I mean, also, the Saints are 6-1 and one on the road, which is their best record win or loss because they only play one more road game, and that's this game Monday night. Win or loss, this is their best road record since 2009, which obviously we know what happened that year, Super Bowl. So, I mean, 7-1, and one, that's amazing if the Saints could do that. I mean, that's that's a lot of um, – that, that would even be better than the um, 2009 Super Bowl team. They were 6-2. and two. So, to me – if we can take our business, get a win here, that would just be very good. Obviously, we can win on the road. We've shown we can win on the road, and it's just another test that we got to take care of there. I mean, also, just a little matchup history on the Saints and Panthers. As you all know, the Saints went 3-0 and last year against the Panthers. Um, Cameron Jordan sent Cam Newton supposedly a room commemorating the Saints' three-game sweep of the Panthers, I mean, Cam Jordan sent him a bottle of wine. We know that for sure. So to me, that's very interesting there, um, Cam Jordan. I mean, but you know what was really kind of annoyed me, just to go off maybe on a little of a tangent. Cam Newton said he was upset with that. 
And Cam Newton, knowing for dancing after he scored touchdowns, you know, doing his dab and stuff like that, giving balls to fans. And then people were getting upset with him. And he said, if you don't like it, then stop me. And then he's coming complaining, being like, why are you doing this? Why are you sending me stuff? And then he's not taking the same approach. Maybe you should go out and beat the Saints. And then the Saints wouldn't do that. So he's kind of, I think, going back on his own um, strategy there. If you don't stop me, then I'm allowed to do whatever I want. So stop me. And he's kind of going back on that. So to me, that's just kind of interesting. Maybe as he gets older, he's going to be less petty. But, I mean, that was kind of his whole um, attitude there. You know, if you can't stop me, uh, um, I could really do whatever I want. Then I should be able to celebrate and stuff like that. And that was the swagger of Cam Newton. And the Saints were upset by it. I mean, the whole play, he tried to do his celebrations. And then he got pushed by, I think, Curtis Lofton in, like, the 2014 season. And he obviously got into a big fight. So, to me, now maybe he's going back on that, which is kind of interesting there. I mean, the whole last couple of years of Saints-Panthers has been a little chippy. I do not think Cam Jordan likes Cam Newton at all. He may feel that he's all, you know, um, cameras, lights, all that, the Hollywoodness of Cam Newton. Cam Jordan definitely does not like that. All his post-game um, shirts that he has, hats, all this weird stuff that Cam Newton wears. I think that the Saints definitely don't like that. I think ever since Cam Newton's been in the league, there's been a little rivalry there. Especially, I think it's maybe for the Saints team, it could be as big as the Falcons games because these two teams do not like each other. Especially with they had the fight. It's definitely a divisional matchup, divisional rivalry for sure there. And now... On to our storylines. We're going to have three storylines going into the game for Monday. Our first storyline is, can the offense keep up what they did in the second half of the Tampa Bay game? The offense obviously, obviously excuse me, scored 25 unanswered points on their way to defeating the Bucks 28-14. to um, the running game was a big factor in that. Drew Brees played much better. So will the Saints be able to keep that up? And to me, I just don't see why not, especially getting Taron Armstead back. I think that's a really big thing for the Saints to get him back. Now he's fully healthy, and I think it's just going to be better for Brees. I think it's also going to be better for Andrews Pete, and he has not played that good of late, especially with not with Armstead. And maybe people were saying Armstead was kind of the reason Pete was doing good. And... Now Armstead's out. It was kind of like I'm shielding Pete. So, you know, it's kind of hiding him because Armstead was so good. Now with Pete, with um, Bushrod, excuse me, it's just Pete's not been that good. So that's what people are saying that. Um, People are saying because he has a shoulder injury. Maybe that's why he's not been very successful of late. I mean, looking on screen passes, he's not been good really. He's good once you get out in space and that screen passes. But... I feel like our screen game, especially to that left side, has been really unsuccessful, excuse me. And I think that could be because of Pete, maybe with Armstead there, maybe when they both get out in space. I mean, they're just really good O-linemen, so maybe they come back, have a really good game. I think Armstead will definitely help Pete in that respect. I think he'll help Breeze. Breeze knows that Armstead, look, he was the best uh, offensive lineman before he got hurt. Um, in Armstead. So Breeze is obviously going to feel more comfortable back there, which is good for Drew. So to me, I don't see any reason why this offense can't be what it did. I mean, they're going to try to stop Kamara. They're probably going to bracket him. Maybe they'll put him one-on-one with Luke Keekley. They'll probably double Mike Thomas and someone's going to have to step up. Could be Mark Ingram running in heavy boxes because they're going to try to stop the run. But if we can run with heavy boxes, then you do play action and then you'll get Traquan Smith open. And you may even get Michael Thomas in one-on-one 
opportunities. So if they're going to do that, all starts with Ingram in the running game, also Kamara in the running game. But that I think that's what the, they're going to try to do. What the Cowboys did, I think that's what every team's going to try to do if they got the linebackers and the pass rush to do that. And look, Carolina, they have um, Julius Peppers. They have um, Luke Kuechly, obviously, a great linebacker from court. So they're going to try to do whatever they can do to stop the Saints. I think we know that. And it's going to be, for me, looking at it, their defensive line is not bad. And they can – look, if they have a good game, they'll get after the Saints. But the Saints, good offensive line, they just really don't see that happening. And I think the Saints will be able to keep it up. And I think Sean Payne's kind of realizing we got to give it to Mark Ingram more, and he's doing that. So that's really good stuff there. Our next storyline is will um, Kamara be against Luke Keekley one-on-one? And will they bracket him? And really, Kamara versus the linebackers for the Panthers in general. I mean, looking at Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, those guys are very, very good linebackers. They've been good throughout their whole career, very uh, consistent. They're not the reason why the Panthers have struggled on the defensive side. It's really more of that secondary, which really has been not very good. But looking at it, I mean, if the linebackers for the Panthers can stop Kamara one-on-one, that's going to give us trouble, which maybe they could, but they really haven't in the past. I mean, Kamara, his first game he went off against was against the um, Panthers. His first breakout game was against Carolina last year. They were not able to stop him one-on-one. So to me, what makes them think they could do it this year? Now, they could bracket him, but that leaves one-on-ones. And then, you see, you can't really bracket him and then also double-team Mike Thomas. So that means a lot of people are going to be one-on-one. You'd have to play zone then, which, I mean, the Saints against zone, they're eventually going to click. It's, even if you get pressure, I think if throughout a whole game, I think the Saints will be able to catch on to that. But maybe that's going to be their you know, key. Maybe it's gonna, that's going to be the matchups they want. Their bracket Kamara, double-team Thomas, and then they'll just have a lot of blitzes. That's a way to go. But if you pick up those blitzes, you're going to have a lot of trouble, and it's going to be too easy for the Saints. So really looking at it, they're probably going to have to win one-on-one if they can't get, I mean, blitzing every single time and getting to Drew Brees, which to me is kind of unrealistic, especially with Tyron Armstead back. So they're going to have either Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, I mean, or David Mayo, which he's is not. He's to me, he's the worst player of this linebacking court. One of those three are going to have to probably stick to Alan Kamara if they want to be successful. And I think Kamara has that matchup. But I think if they do that, I think Kamara will win it. And I think the Saints will have a lot of success if they try to bracket Kamara and double-team Mike Thomas. Now, they may put Mike Thomas one-on-one with Bradbury or Jackson, but to me, I'll take Mike Thomas in one-on-one matchup all day. I think Drew Brees will take one-on-one matchups with Mike Thomas all day. So to me, that's kind of that matchup there. I think it's going to boil down to what the Panthers do against Kamara. And I think the Saints are kind of game planning maybe for them to bracket him because they weren't able to stop um, him in the the first game last year. So I don't see why they will will be able to, excuse me, do it this year in the games after that they did bracket him. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, the playoff game. And then also in, I believe it was week 15 or 14 uh, when when we played them last year as well, so onto our last storyline is: Will the Saints be able to get pressure on Cam Newton, and is this the key to stopping him, or is it like having him spy, not letting him get out of the pocket? Because Cam Jordan said the number one key to stopping Cam Newton is keeping him not in the pocket, but getting pressure on him and getting him off his rhythm. Because he is a very rhythmic quarterback. He goes, he gets into these great stretches, but then once that goes, it's sailing on him. 
short. He skips balls in. I mean, a lot of bad things. Bad mechanics start pulling up. So that's going to be the key. Getting him off center. Getting him trying to throw under duress throws. I think that's the key to beating him. And I think that's what they. I think that's what the Saints feel, especially because they've played him so many times. I think all the teams they feel like keeping Cam Newton in the pocket. That's the big thing. And I think obviously the Saints will try to do that because he's not the best pocket passer. But I think that kind of gets you know kind of mushed together because if he gets out of the pocket, he's most likely going to be able to get in a rhythm, be able to run the ball and stuff like that. But if you keep him in the pocket, and he's not a good pocket passer, so at overtime he's not going to be that good. Now against the Saints in the playoff game, he had a really good game. In the pocket, and we couldn't, and we got into his rhythm, so we cannot let that happen again. It was too late. But if that, if he got into his rhythm at the start of the game, the Saints may have been in trouble in that playoff game. But you got to get him off rhythm because if he's off, off, he's off. Like he will have a bad game. So got to give it to Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, and those boys, Sheldon Rankins. I mean, they got to get to it, and they're going to have to get to Cam Newton if, to me, they want to stop him a lot. And I think they'll be able to. Cam Jordan has six sacks in three games. He's on fire, and I think he'll continue that. He's extremely motivated because he now, you know, talk is cheap in this league, and he has done a lot of things to Cam Newton, calling his left tackle Speedmont McGee with Matt Khalil um, last year. And then also he sent him the bottle of wine. If he sent him a broom, he's got to back that up now. So I think that's going to be key for Cam Jordan there. So – with all that said, I think we should get to our group-by-group group preview. We're going to go through seven groups, quarterback, skill skill group, excuse me, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, secondary, and then coaching slash special teams there. So we'll start with quarterback, and I'll take Drew Brees over Cam Newton. So I'm going to go the edge to the Saints here. Drew Brees, I mean, to me, is having an MVP-like season, especially with the Chiefs losing last week, I think. Not last week, on Thursday, excuse me. This is going to put, especially if Breeze has a good game, this is going to put Breeze right with Mahomes, maybe even higher than Mahomes, because people thought Mahomes was starting to pull away, which I didn't think so. I thought they were tied. But really right now, Breeze's stats, they're phenomenal. He's thrown for 31 passing touchdowns. He also has four rushing touchdowns, really 35 total touchdowns, only four interceptions, um, about 3,400 yards. So, I mean, look, 3,460, excuse me. So 3,460 yards about, just about there, excuse me, on that number there. I mean, his completion percentage is the best in football, best QBR. Um, so looking at that, he's had a really good season. Cam Newton started the season really good, but since then has been a little off kilter over the last couple of weeks. Not that good. Um, he has 24 touchdowns to 12 um, picks, and he's only thrown for 3,200 yards. I think 3,260 as well. So to me, looking at it, Breeze is the much better season. Cam's not had a bad season, but I'll take Breeze any day against him there. So now on to our skill group. So really, to me, especially with the injury to Greg Olson, the only player we got to worry about is Christian McCaffrey. And they're going to try to lean on Christian McCaffrey. And I don't think that's worked. Because even though Christian McCaffrey has been amazing, scoring left and right, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards, a lot of catches, and stuff like that, they haven't been successful. They've been 0-5 in their last five games. So why is that? Because they're taking away everyone else. And when you take away everyone else and you'll give those little two-yard passes to McCaffrey, maybe McCaffrey has been a great fantasy um, running back, but he hasn't really – he's been great. And McCaffrey's been really good, but hasn't uh, transformed into wins. So to me, they only have McCaffrey. They only really have to stop McCaffrey. So to me, you not stack the box because they can give it to McCaffrey out of the backfield, but to me, you just do what kind of a lot of people do to Kamara. 
because you could play one-on-one with Devin Funches or um, their rookie receiver more. I mean, looking at it, those guys, I mean, you can play one-on-one with Lattimore out there, and then you can bracket um, Christian McCaffrey, and then you stop McCaffrey, and Lattimore stops um, either Funches or more on the outside. You give Eli Apple the other guy, and you're set. I mean, Ian Thomas did, did have a good game in the relief of Greg Olson, but to me, it's just not an, I don't think Ian Thomas, especially, I think the Saints have been really good against tight ends as well. Really textbook job. They stopped Zach Ertz. They've been able to stop basically any tight end they've played. So to me, that's just really big there. I think the Saints skill position players, even though I think they're missing that one deep threat in Ted Ginn, and I think if he comes back for the playoffs, that's going to make the Saints really, really, really scary if they weren't already. And look, I'll take Pamara, Ingram, Thomas, Kirkwood, Watson, all those boys over the Panthers there. So now on to our offensive line group. And I think the Saints have a clear edge here. And just because um, with Taron Armstead back, I think this is a really a top three line. It's been able to protect Breeze for basically every game this season but one. And one and a half, maybe, if you want to say the first half of the Buccaneers game. But I think they hit their stride in the second half. And I think with Armstead back, that's going to really help them. I really believe that Armstead's a key, one of the keys to this team. And I think with him, and they get him back, I think kind of sky's the limit for this team. And it's not like they already were. But to me, just really, for this offensive line, just done a great job. And with Armstead being the best tackle in the league by pro football focus, that bringing him back is obviously going to help. So to me, looking at it, I feel like we have the edge there. We've definitely given up less sacks than them, less penalties. All the stats are really putting um, our off the line better. It's not their offensive line is really that bad, but a lot of players you may not know. You do know Ryan Khalil because um, Cam Jordan called him uh, Speedmont McGee, I believe. I mean, their right tackle is out for the season on IR. Darrell Williams, that's obviously not going to be that good for them. Marshall Newhouse will probably start there. But to me, looking at it, the Saints, look, I'll take our five against their five. And I think that Armstead will be able to help um, Pete, especially on that left side. I think he'll be able to maybe mask him a little more and make Pete a better player. So I think that's all really good stuff there. So now on to our defense and our defensive line. And look, Panthers have a pretty good defensive line. Julius Peppers having a really good season. Don Terry Poe, great run stopper. Came on short, has been a good player. He's questionable. And then also Mario Addison, who's not a bad player as well. Good players they have there. But how the Saints defensive line is playing, I'm going to have to take the Saints here. And to me, I mean, maybe you want to call it a push, but I'm going to give the Saints the edge. Because Cam Jordan, to me, he's better than all these guys. Julius Peppers, obviously old in his prime, he would be better than Jordan, but not now. Jordan's the better player. I mean, Cam Jordan, 12 sacks and six in the last three games. So to me, he's hitting his stride. And for offensive linemen, they're probably scared to death. You have Sheldon Rankins been able to get really good job by Sheldon Rankins because he's able to get pressure, and that helps Cameron Jordan. Now there's no more double teams on Jordan. There's not as much because up the middle, you have Sheldon Rankins playing really good. So that's really good there as well. I mean, getting Marcus Davenport back 100% healthy now, I think that's going to be really good. I think he's going to have more sacks. He is for this season, but really since the injury has had none. So he's got to come back and maybe finish with a couple more sacks for the rest of the year, put him around six. And that's where I thought he was going to be, around six to eight. So that would be good there. I mean, look, we have 41 sacks. That's the third most this year. Um, Panthers, not even in the top 10, I believe. So, look, they're not a bad 
um, D line. And also, we have to run really good too. It's but it's just not like they're a bad D line. I think we're just better, and I think that's what it comes down to there. Linebackers, as good as our linebackers are playing, um, I'm going to give this one to the Panthers. Um, Luke Keekley is probably the best middle linebacker in the game. What he's able to do, I mean, he's just such a short tackler, makes a ton of plays. He's just a really, really good player. Um, and look, the Saints, look, he's like Drew Brees quarterbacking for us, and he's quarterbacking for them. That's been a great battle for a long time. Um, Shaq Thompson, his coverage ability is really good. To me, he's a really good player. David Mayo, I mean, look, he's definitely the worst player on that um, core, but still not the worst player there. Um, to me, our guys have been playing so good. Demario Davis has been also playing like a top linebacker. So that shows there. Um, Anzalone playing really good, having a career year. And same with A.J. Klein. But to me, um, with Keekley Thompson, so it's, I mean, that may be one of the best duo linebacking duos in the league. Like um, we played against the Cowboys with Vander Esch and Smith because those two guys are really good too. <laughs> so to me, I, look, it's close, but I'm going to give it to the Panthers there. And then the secondary, look, both secondaries have not been good. The reason why the Panthers really haven't been that good this season is because they've really been awful in the secondary. Um, they're in the bottom 10 in the league in secondary and um, passing against passing. So yards, touchdowns, all that stuff they've given up in the bottom 10 in the league. And look, it's, they're just since Norman left, they really just haven't been the same there. And I'm going to have to give it to the Saints, especially with Eli Apple. If Eli Apple plays good, you get fully 100% give it to the Saints. He plays like a first-round pick, the Saints are really in business with the secondary. But, um, I mean, look, they they had to start – now Eric Reed's starting for them. It's not like Eric Reed's a bad player, but Eric Reed basically off the street is now starting for them, and he's been starting for them basically all year. So maybe that shows about the Panthers. Now, I, I think Eric Reed's a really good player, but he was – like Des Bryant, really good player, but he's coming off the street and to get him up to speed. Maybe he's up to speed by now. But to me, you always – for football players, I don't really care how good you are. You want to go through training camp. OTAs, all that stuff, preseason. To me, that just really helps. And I think not coming through, that's definitely going to put you at a disadvantage and maybe not as a good player as you are. And the Saints having that camaraderie in the back end. I mean, Lattimore's played, to me, right back to where he was. And everyone's going to be talking about him because I think he's back to where he was. He had another pick at the end of the game, so that was really good there. And he stopped Mike Evans for the whole game. So that's a really good job by him. I mean, Eli Apple, what he did, only giving up one catch on 10 targets. That's really good stuff. P.J. Williams has just been a top um, nickelback, really, in slot corner. So you got to give it to P.J. Williams. Everyone's calling for P.J. Williams' head. You remember that? And now he's playing really, really good football. So, you know, he, he's he a really good work ethic. So I knew he was going to turn it around. I was giving him chances after chance, and I think it worked out for him. I mean, to me, Von Bell having a career year. And, look, Mike Evans is a good safety. Same with Eric Reed, but to me, just not – they're just not playing as good as the Saints. So now on to our last group, and that's coaching and special teams. And, again, I'm going to give the edge to the Saints there – um, special teams, I mean, they don't have the worst special teams. Graham Gano, I mean, he kicked like a 64-yard field goal for the win against the Giants earlier in the season. Their kicker, not really that uh, – their punter, excuse me, not really that good with Michael Plardy. Not a bad punter, but not – I mean, average. Um, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, punt returner. I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey's a good punt returner. DJ Moore, I mean, really fast kick returner. But to me, look, with Hardy, Taysom Hill, and Tommy Lee, Lutz – Thomas Moore said, I'll take them over the Panthers. And coaching, to me, I should, I'll just take Sean Payton over. Riverboat Ron there. Um, Rivera, look, he's not a bad coach. Very good coach. Probably 
maybe, if not in the top 10, close to the top 10, made it to a Super Bowl. I know he didn't win it, but he did coach his team to a Super Bowl. That team was a really good team as well. So to me, I feel like looking at it, um, Peyton's better, though. It's not To me, it's not really that much of a contest. How Sean Peyton's been able to get his guys to play week in and week out, besides really one week where we didn't match the full intensity until the second half for the Cowboys, and that was because the Cowboys, they called it their Super Bowl. So um, to me, look, Sean Payton's getting his guys to play, and that's really good. And also his schemings, the best in the league probably, on offense especially. Dennis Allen's been really good on the defensive side, especially of lately, making really good adjustments in game. I mean, the Saints have just not been good on first drives for some reason, but then after that, I mean, it just clicks for this team. I don't rhyme or reason. I don't know why, but it just does. And look, if you're going to give up only seven points on that first drive, I would be fine with that there. So everyone obviously wants to know the score prediction for me. And look, I think it's probably going to be a close game, and then the Saints may pull away late, kind of like last week against the Bucks. I'll call it 31-21 in favor of the Saints. And look, I think the Saints will just be able – to do what they did. Maybe I think they may put up a little more points, but on the road, um, maybe they won't be able to put up a 45, especially in prime time and stuff like that. That's tough to do, but you never know. Maybe the Saints will be able to do that. So now that we're done with our group by group preview, we'll go on to our Houdat Nation fan questions. Our first question is from Houdat94123, and he asks, do you think that Ted Ginn could make a difference if he returns? And to me, this is a full-fledged yes. I think that if he returns, he'll give the Saints a deep threat, which really the Saints have had an on-and-off deep threat with Traquan Smith, but besides that, nothing much there. And to me, look, Ted Ginn can do a lot of different things, not even the deep passes, which he was great at, and he's great at spreading the field and stretching the field, but... He's also really good at catching, really, when the Saints need a first down or at the beginning of a drive um, on first down usually. It looks like he's running that deep pass, and he just goes out route, and he gets like six, seven yards. And to me, that's just a really good way to start a drive, and I think it was really good for the Saints. Once they lost him, they didn't have that, and they tried with Traquan Smith, and to me, they've tried a couple times, hasn't really worked that much, so they kind of stopped, which is, look, one way or another, whatever way you want to put that. To me, I think those type of plays really help. And he's good over the middle, especially in the playoffs. That's why I think he's really good in the playoffs because having a veteran like that, who's like very, very capable like that, maybe Brandon Marshall is not as capable, not even as close to capable as Ted Ginn, excuse me, still is. So I think having him in the playoffs would be really helpful. And it's not even that Traquan Smith a bad receiver. I think he's going to be a really good receiver in his career, a good number two to Mike Thomas if they could stay together. But right now, Ted Ginn would be a huge improvement over that. And I think... The Saints may need that in certain games, especially if pass-heavy games, stretch the ball down the field. Tegan's, we're going to probably need Tegan to throw that ball deep there. And people are saying Saints haven't thrown the ball deep this year because of Drew Brees' arm strength. And to me, it's because they don't have a deep threat. And uh, that obviously is going to hurt you if you don't have anyone to really get separation down the field. So on to our next question from Hudat412343. And he asks, do you think it will be tough for the Saints to beat an opponent two out of three weeks? And this is obviously talking about the Panthers. And to me, not really, because we played the Panthers so many times in the past. And if we win the first one, it's not that much time to really prepare for the second. Like, you're going to probably get a lot of the same things. And we'll see who gets the win. Usually, I think the better team could win twice. And I think the Saints could win twice. I think that the Saints 
win Monday night. I think they'll have a much easier time time winning at home. And Sean Payton's the master of, you know, dialing up different plays and stuff like that, different packages. And I think he can do that to, you know, win games. And especially against opponents he's played twice, I mean, and I think this could be really big for the Saints because, I mean, Riverboro Run, great coach, but, and he has a lot of, he takes a lot of chances. That's why they call him his nickname. But to me, getting different, completely different um, packages and stuff like that may be a little harder for them, especially because they don't really have many weapons as well. So to me, I think we can beat them on, you know, in their, not like really at their own game, but I think we could definitely beat them twice, maybe using different ways to do that. So our final question is uh, Saints fan since 83. And he asked, um, why aren't they playing Brandon Marshall that much? And I know this is a couple of days ago. And really, I'm going to turn this question into, why did they cut Brandon Marshall? And I talked about it earlier, but I'll just go on it quick to answer the question. And I think they cut him because he wasn't better than Keith Kirkwood, and he wasn't better than Austin Carr, and he wasn't better than Tommy Lewis. And when you come to think of that, he probably shouldn't be on this team if Sean Payton didn't think that. And look, I think he will come back to give veteran depth if Ted Ginn can't come back for the playoffs. But And I think that's why they kind of left the door open. But to me, they will not play him unless he, unless there would be – even if he was on the team, I don't think they'd play him right now. Look, I would love to see him play, and I really want to see a veteran in there, but they obviously don't. So they feel like Keith Kirkwood's been very successful, which I think he's been good, actually, really good. Um, he's had similar uh, production than our third-round pick in Traquan Smith. I mean, two touchdowns from Keith Kirkwood in only about five weeks. So put that over a full season, six, seven touchdowns, good for an undrafted free agent for sure. So to me, I think that's what you got to look with there. And I think that they just felt like Marshall wasn't good enough anymore, didn't have what it takes. Um, look, he's only, I think, two seasons removed from a really good season but with the Jets. But, I mean, look, the last couple of seasons, injury riddled, stuff like that. And he's just not the same player. So, look, I think they may bring him back for a veteran depth if Ted Ginn can't go. But if Ginn can go, he's kind of expendable. And you don't want too many veteran receivers Aging receivers, I mean, two receivers, 34 or over is not what you really want there. You kind of want young players, especially as your speedsters, which, um, look, not like Marshall would have been a speedster, but to me, they just felt like young guys were outplaying them. And to me, sometimes I didn't think that. I disagreed. But at the end of the day, that's what they felt. It's their choice, not mine. And, look, I see why they caught him. We'll see if it works, see if it doesn't. So I think that's what it boils down to there. So with all that said, I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. So if you enjoyed this episode and enjoyed this podcast, um, please follow us on Twitter at the this, as I said before, on Instagram at Discussion, on Podomatic at the Discussion, and also you can subscribe, excuse me, to our YouTube channel, our iTunes channel, our Google Play channel, and our Spotify channel at the Discussion as well on there. Please like, comment, rate, review, all that fun stuff. It's just good to hear from the Hoodat Nation. Love interacting with you guys in the comments. Last episode, we got a ton of views. I mean, I look, winning the division, a lot of people are probably going to watch. A lot of people are hyped up. And Saints fans should still be really happy because, look, we're going to the playoffs. And all in all, that's what team's goals are. I think ours is definitely more. But I think, look, right now, I mean, look, we won the division and we want to do a lot in the playoffs. But you got to win this. we got to take care of Monday night. The Saints usually play good in primetime games, especially Monday night games. This year they won their first Monday night game, 43-19 against the Redskins, where Breeze broke the record. I was at that game. That was a great game. I mean, Dome was electric. Really fun stuff there. And I think, look, you got to go on the road, be road warriors, be able to run the ball. And I think that's really big. 
If the Saints are able to run the ball, control the clock with Alan Kamara, Mark Ingram, I think they're going to have a lot of success in this game. So with all that said, I wanted to say thank you, prove them right, and who dat?